Episode 11 of Captain Says. We made it to 11. Uh, that's a good thing. And just like the last show, it was a world first. This is a world first yet again. This is the third time this person has been on this show. It is Seth Everett. Hello. Wait a second. I was the last co-host. And yes, I haven't done anything since. <laughs> you haven't done one podcast since? <laughs> no. I officially just oh, became been... the co-host of Captain Says. There's been some Peach and Black, but there's been none of this. There's been a lot of Obsessed by Music. There has. There yeah. has. Maybe I need to get him back on here. I want a consulting credit on Obsessed. I think he was on here once. Yes, he was. I listened to that podcast when you guys talked about everything but what you wanted to talk about. (laughs) That sounds about right. (laughs) So this is... Well, well, let's just say this. uh, In the time since we recorded the last... I don't even remember when we did the last one. We talked It was about five months ago. We speak, whether it's chatting or actual talking. Like for for a person who lives in Australia and a person who lives in America, we talk pretty often. Yeah, so we are like past midway of April, so it's just about one year since that date. Yeah, the date that she'll remain nameless. You can't and ah, oh, who cares? Okay. We all know. We know what happened. If you don't know the date, then why are you even listening to this show? Who knows? How did you find out? I don't think we've ever covered that. How did you find out? I know how. I know how uh, I think Rob. We Rob talked about out that before. Because I yeah, saw him. Were there. <laughs> I saw him the next day. No, I just woke up one morning and it was about five a.m. here, I think. And the first tweet I saw, yeah, it was just I can't remember who it was from, but and it, all it said was, "Oh, I wonder what the peach and black guys are thinking right now." And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. thinking about what? Right. And then I started right. going through Twitter, and I'm like, "Holy My crap!" God. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I um it's not funny. I found out about Prince and about my best friend being killed both by Twitter. Mm. And my friend who is a former major league baseball player. So it was in the news. You know what I mean? It wasn't I mean yeah. it's not Prince, but it was it was in the news and it was all over Twitter and I was recording a podcast. And the funny part about it is I was debating somebody. I was debating mm. uh for for your American audience, the, 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 Alex Rodriguez is one of my mortal enemies, and <laughs> he's just a jerk, and he's a two faced jerk. And there was on the oh, internet, you heard it here first. probably not first, <laughs> a writer who wrote an article for the Washington Post talking about his resurrection and basically how he has uh, redeemed himself for all his misgivings. And I was like, wait a second, he hit a bunch of home runs. How is that redemption? Like he's still a jerk, and. <laughs> the argument then turned into a podcast. I said, let's have a very polite debate about it. And I was schooling this person. I was crushing this person. (laughs) And all of a sudden on Twitter, I started getting messages. I'm so sorry to hear about your friend. I went, what are we talking about? You know what I mean? And I found out the story that my best friend had been killed. I gave up. So there are tweets saying, Hey, heard the podcast. Why did you stop? (laughs) Yeah. Why did you just give up in the middle? Why did you just give up like you were winning the debate? And I just said, screw it. 
I was so I was so distracted. I I had to find it, and it's actually the two days Prince and 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 Daryl Hamilton are the two days that I loved social media the most. There was yeah. no BS. It was so heartfelt. It was so wonderful to hear from people that I didn't even know, but that knew of my show with, with Daryl. And then, of course, the Prince people, you know, because your followers are all Prince people. My followers, I have a good chunk of followers that are Prince people from the spreecast that I did. And all of that comes together, and it feels so nice. Yeah. So, there's things to talk about. The big news is there is a new release. Technically, is it the first official release? We don't know if it's official. I don't think it is. Yeah, I'm not calling it official. But then, you know, it raises a better question is, you know, we've been saying, what is official? He didn't leave a will, right? There's no will. There's an estate based on something that a Minnesota court happens to think that just got resolved like 10 days ago. They had attorneys (laughs) that were running an organization calling it NPG or Paisley Park, and they just literally fired the people that were running it. Like, none of this is from Prince. If Prince wanted it to be official, he had the power to do so. That is correct. So it's an EP. If you go the FLAC files, it is not cheap. $19.99. I'm sure that's just a random number he chose. $19.99 for FLAC files? Wow. And or MP3, I think it was three ninety nine on iTunes. It, it, the funny part about it is, it's it's buried on the iTunes store in new releases. It's like number four on the list, but it just almost feels like they're like, "Shh, here's a new release." Yeah, like, it's hidden away. Like I'm telling you, when 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 Forever came out, you couldn't get out of its way. Exactly. And I, you know, I say this and I, I, I made a statement back then. I think I said it on your last podcast. I bought forever, even though I had all the music. Like it made no sense to me. I wanted to show I was going to be in for whatever the state was going to yeah. release. I, was uh, like, I think a lot of people had that same right. thought. It's like, we don't know what's going to happen in the future. If this is the first release, we have to show that we're going to buy stuff or there might more. be right. less chance of future right. releases. Yeah. Right. I want Even more. though there was technically only one track on there that anybody wanted. Right. And if you listen to it, it doesn't sound like it was changed in any way. But that's a good thing in one sort way. Of, sort of. Which Prince is one of the main problems with, um, right. with these new tracks is the guy, uh, what's his name? Ian Boxel. Boxel. Um, it, he has, but, it, but it's George Ian Boxel, but they call him Ian. Uh, okay. How do you get to have your middle name? Like, what, what, is, what is that? You can just do it. I don't know. Some people, like, they have their name, but then, like, somehow they have, like, a different name when they're, like, in the media. I don't know how that works. Oh, I've never heard of that. <laughs> never heard of it. <laughs> those, people are, <laughs> those people are crazy. Crazy. How does that even work? <laughs> but he's added, I think he added like a choir sound in in Deliverance and like some strings and stuff in uh, a couple other tracks. According to some other guy who I saw on Twitter says he actually has the unchanged tracks, like the original version. So oh, get out! Really? I'm just waiting for them to come out now to see what the new guy added. So Ian Boxall, but he's not a new guy. He worked with Prince. Like- yeah, he was like an engineer for... What, Planet Earth or something? Right, okay. 3121? Well, that's the thing. Like, you're talking about that. It's pretty much, as soon as you hear it, it sounds like that. Or it does it sound like something from, like, Lotus Flower? Yeah, a few people have said that, too. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's in it's that... It's that whole era, though, yeah. that era of, you know, pre, 
uh, new afro, <laughs> pre, pre new afro, pre third eye girl, pre spree cast, pre all of that. I've got a friend. Ever since the afro came in, he's been insisting it was a wig. Oh, I, <laughs> and every I, I every time I talk to him, he's like, "If I ever see Prince, I'm just gonna run up and rip that wig right off his head." <laughs> no, I, I looked. I was looking. I, I I told you I met him when he had that afro, and he. I, I looked. I I couldn't see a thing. I couldn't tell. But it was. He dark. couldn't see like a a, a little like seam a line or, or a anything. Scene. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, I, couldn't, I I didn't understand. We we talked about this earlier. I I lost my my friend. My friend used to have a, a big joke. A person like that had no friends. If you had friends, somebody would say, dude, what are you doing? Maybe. And it goes back to you're, you're surrounded by yes men. Like, he tried this. Now, Kim Barry said she hated it. When she went on uh, Michael Really? Hinsberg, I didn't hear that. Kim Barry, Kim Barry said, what, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? There were two times where she she kind of fought him. Uh, and, you know, obviously gave in because was, she was the employee. But uh, the braids for Rave yeah. and, and the afro at the end. But why would you be against the afro, really? Why would you be against the afro? You know, as a as her being the hairstylist, was it more work for her to like maintain the afro than like no, other I hairstyles? More, I think it's more of a um, just a style thing. It's like, nah, it's no one's doing preference. an afro in this yeah, year. <laughs> it's, just a, it's just a preference thing. I just, he he can look better, or he could look. I don't know what my pronouns are, but he has looked better. And the the lotus flower era, he looked. The one thing I got from that era, he looked really happy. You know, happy, yeah. happy with his career, happy with the choices he was making. You know, he remember that was the year he still had the twins. He it wasn't thirty one twenty one, but it was it was twenty one nights in London. You know, then there was that whole picture book. He just looks really happy then. But then I always ask, why didn't he release that then? Why wasn't Deliverance on Planet Earth or any any of those? But that goes into the whole like sequencing and. You know, yeah. for whatever reason, he's just like, this doesn't quite fit. And as as the artist, that's his choice to say, nah, that song, nah, not that one. Right. But then the weird part is that he just left these tracks with this guy. That's one strange thing. You know, you'd think normally he'd be working with someone. He'd pick up all his stuff and leave. You don't I mean, just leave tracks I around. I mean, you know, it's not 1984 where he just well, like gave tapes to everyone he met. Here, take this. Drive around with it. Let me. Let me yeah. Let me, know, let me know what you think. I. I don't know. I. I don't know if that's the way it worked. Like if there was a server. I knew that. I knew this. Um, it would Paisley, have been hard drive somewhere. Yeah. In 2013, Paisley Park had the kind of security, like the kind of firewalls that rivaled a bank. Because we tried to do a bunch of tests at Paisley Park, and none of them worked. <laughs> I don't I know. I remember? Yeah, you told me. Yeah. Yeah, like we would go live to... to yeah, we're going to do a live thing, yeah. And it was right in the middle of the soundstage, and every, every other word was garbled because... And it, it was all preventable because there's a re, there was an end around to bypass firewalls for just a stream. Like, it's not... We're not breaking into the vault, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it wasn't that. But you had to do it ahead of time. You couldn't do it on the fly. And, um, yeah, I, I wanted to do tests because I knew it wasn't going to work. You ever you ever get the feeling where you're about to do something and you're like, I know this is not going to work. <laughs> like everyone was oh, so what? excited we were going live to Paisley Park, and I'm just like, yeah, uh huh. <laughs> like I this... get that feeling like almost every time I'm going to record a podcast. <laughs> almost every time. This is not. And then like when it doesn't happen, I'm like so happy and surprised it worked. Right, you feel like, like 
you feel like you did it. I don't know. I it, It's very strange that you never heard, because if he was trying to do this to make money, he would ramp it up. Like he would, he would, this Ian Boxill guy, like he would try to tell people, like social media exists. Like he would, he would try to make sure Funkenberry knew, you know, or that Anil Dash knew, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. why were these guys in the dark? And I'm not blaming them. Don't get me wrong, because I, we, you know, you know who they found out the same was. time everyone else right. did as far as right. I know. Funkenberry's source was Prince, and there's nobody from the Prince camp, and he talks to people from the Prince camp all the time. There was nobody from the Prince camp, whatever that definition is, whatever you think the Prince camp is. Now, when I hear that, I say, is that Comerica Trust? That's a bank. <laughs> yeah. Who's that? Like, I don't who... think they're contacting right. Jay. <laughs> is, it, is, is it Kirk? I don't think so. I don't think Kirk's at, hanging at around. At this point in time, <laughs> unlikely. Right. <laughs> So this idea that like who is is running this, and so Ian Boxel might have said, you know, it, it, here's the analogy. You know, Sam Jennings did this amazing uh, project where he create recreated all of Prince's websites from '96 on. Yes, and he built this thing, the Prince Online Museum. It was gorgeous, and as somebody who was very into the internet back then. I loved every second of that. Like, that is the coolest website in the world. And within two weeks, it was taken down. And and he said he was waiting for permission from the estate. He wasn't trying to profit off of it. He just wanted to do it out of yeah. love. He, he wanted to do it. There, wasn't a, there was no charge to go in and look at it. It was just there. Right. It wasn't a money-making thing. So you're Ian Boxhill. Take it this way. You're Ian Boxhill. And you see what happened to Sam Jennings. And Sam Jennings had a simple amazing awesome project and it's squashed if you're ian boxell you calling up the estate and say hey let's let's do a deliverance release he's probably thinking there's no way that's ever coming out they can't even figure out universal doesn't even know if they have warner brothers stuff or they don't they don't know what they can release (laughs) they have no idea what they're doing there's more shenanigans going on in there ian boxell's like i i know how to get to itunes yeah well, there, there was some talk that he, like the choir that was added to a track, that was done in somehow relation with Paisley Park itself, with the estate. So I don't know if that part's true, but if that was, it might have gotten to the point where they said, yeah, this release isn't actually going to happen for a while. And then he's like, well, maybe it is. <laughs> and off he goes to iTunes. Right. Well, that that to me is the, the argument is that was he... Like people on social media are either saying this guy is a scumbag because he's doing something against the the wishes of whatever entity that is, or is he like he's sly like a fox? Like he said, he yeah. said my way. You're you're hearing this music, and like as a fan, should you care? This is the whole bootleg conversation. Should you, like it, my one yeah. of my favorite songs. I've said this. I never said it on the spreecast, and it's one of my biggest regrets. One of my favorite songs is the Grand Progression. Ooh, I love. I have, that song. I have. I've heard that title before. Yeah, listen to you. I've, I've and, read about it. <laughs> and 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 this idea now, when he was alive, that was heresy. Like you could not say that. But now, if Ian Boxell had a tape of the Grand Progression and he jazzed it up a little bit and modernized it just a little bit and did whatever tweaks he wanted to do to it, and he slid it onto iTunes. What crime? As a fan, why should I care? Take my money. Take the money. Like, okay, do it. 
<laughs> this whole idea, and this is why I kick myself because I bought forever. Yeah. I bought I bought an album on iTunes that I will never play because <laughs> <laughs> I have all the songs. And I'm sitting there, and I'm all I'm saying is I wanted to do it because I was trying to get the turtle out of the shell. Like, oh, if I spend my yeah. eighteen dollars, yeah, we'll you know they'll release the vault. Was um. Wasn't Forever, is that the one that had, like, a whole bunch of, like, the 7-inch edits? It's the edits, yeah. That, that, yeah. The funniest is the um, the Get Off. I mean, the Diamonds and Pearls album has a more risque version. <laughs> but but like, it, it has that, but it has sexy MF. Yeah. Not screamed out or whatever, you know, whatever. It's 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 odd. It's fine. It's, it is what it is, but it's very strange. And I remember listening to it because we... Um, we were driving, my family was driving to uh, Virginia, which is like a five-hour drive. And my kids have fallen in love with uh, video games on the iPad. So they no longer command the radio. So I was just like, all right, I got this new album. I'm going to hear it. And I was like, I know all these songs. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. But like you bring up with the, the point of this guy who did some work to these tracks... There's there's two points to it. One is should he have done any work or should he have just released it as it was? Either way, I'm not that bothered because it's it's not hugely obvious. You know, if nobody had told us he'd done any work on these tracks, a very small minority would have said that doesn't quite sound like what Prince would do, but the majority of people would be like, "Okay, this is an unreleased track." They wouldn't even know that work had been done on it if we didn't know that fact. I think. Well, and then like a couple comes, of things on yeah. there sound a little bit different than what you would expect. But again, if we didn't know, we wouldn't know. Right. What? What? Like, what is it? What is it that we have taught you? You know what I mean? Like, what is it that we're supposed to take out of this? And it just—it's kind of strange. The, the whole thing is just—it's fine. It's just odd. <laughs> there's no, but then there's no other way to describe it. It's just odd. It—it—it's fine. It's good. I, look, it's better to have it than not have it. Right. Yeah. Like, but you and I spoke at the beginning of this week. There was not a hint of this. And Nothing. We, and we wondered because the whole 21st and like all the things that they're that, now, I, I will say this. I would love it. And I would pay for those panels that are going on this weekend at Paisley Park. Video them. Like, I want to hear all of them. Well, I want to uh, hear Sunny T. I want to hear everything bring up to bring up that point again the october tribute last year like the biggest extravaganza that there ever was no one thought to film it video audio nothing no you you don't think they filmed it ridiculous no no but you don't think oh. they filmed it but are, is it they could be audio that's possible what isn't their scoreboards it's an arena i don't know i mean there's some there's something know. yeah they probably were screens which i don't know i was just going to say the other point about this guy releasing this is whether it's whether it's an official release or not. Also, I don't have a problem with that. Like, people are going crazy on Twitter and the org and everywhere about it's not an official release. You know, how how could you buy it? How could you disrespect the legacy? It's like, get over yourself. What are you talking about? It's just, people just lose their minds. Like, some people, it's, uh, I don't know. But I have no problem with this coming out at all. Whether it's been tinkered with a little bit, that's it's fine with me. It's still, you know... It's six tracks, basically five tracks, and they're mostly pretty short. It's not even 16 minutes. But still, it's unreleased stuff, which we probably would have never have heard 
like if this if he gave this to the estate and goes oh here's these tracks that prince left with me they might not be in your vault but i've got them here they are what is the chance that out of all the possible future releases that the estate could do that these tiny little you know two minute tracks would be a part of any of those never exactly we probably never would have heard this Never. You're going to hear... So I have no right. problem giving this guy $4, $7, whatever it costs, to hear it. I, that's fine. He says that uh, some of the money is getting donated to the estate. Is that right? I saw that. It's Yeah, he said the majority of the... I think it said the majority. I would love it. I would love it if this guy starts a trend and like other engineers and Susan Rogers is like, well, you got that here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want the mother I've got my own Volta down here. <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> I mean, uh, oh, who, look. If who, Susan Rogers has the uh, the original version of "Forever in My Life" with the backing vocals in the right place, just release that, and I'll be happy. That will be fine. Probably doesn't exist, but if she's got the master tape, she could make it happen. I mean, it was very different when it was all on tape. It's yeah. it, was, it was very different. Now it's all digital. And it's all probably on a server. And like I was saying before, like their 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 security was nuts there. And it was probably because you couldn't hack into that computer, whatever that, you know, whatever system he had, you couldn't get into it. And I I don't know. I don't know. I, like I said, is this guy a criminal? Now, here's the funniest thing is it has circulated so far, so much, so quickly that what happens if the judge says, you know what? That estate is right. You should not have done that. Take it down. Too late. Too late. Everybody has it. That's it. (laughs) And even the people who haven't bought it, or haven't even obtained it from somebody else who just sent it to them. Right. As soon as it gets pulled, everyone's just going to send it to everyone anyway. Right. Right. So, so it's, yeah, it's useless, really. It's a victimless crime? Is it victimless? Oh, no, no, no. You can, uh, you know, you talk to some of these people, his legacy is permanently tarnished now because of this. Because of this? It's over. Like, people yeah. will just be deleting their entire Prince catalogs now from their libraries because of this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that's I how mean, serious it is. <laughs> I mean, I mean. But again, just, that's a small minority of people, but they're a very vocal minority, it seems. It's just, uh, it's also interesting about the eras, you know, because people don't talk about the recent era, and he has done really good music recently. You know, there, like, there are. It, it, look, Deliverance you, is one of the. You yeah, like, like you, you said, like, how you could like, some of this not be on the album? Like, Deliverance is a great track. Better than, like, many of the tracks on planet Earth. I See, I didn't hate planet Earth. I didn't hate it, but it was... It's probably in the bottom five of all of his albums, in my mind. But Deliverance is better than more than half the songs on that album. Huh. I think. I'd have to go back. I didn't hate planet Earth. I didn't... I, I like 2010. I think 2010 is great. Walk in Sand, Laveau. 2010's a good album. 2010's a great album. Which never even got released for you in the in, States. In, in the States, nope. And it was given away in a newspaper, and we have uh, uh, British relatives who said, yeah. you're not going to believe this. I picked up the paper, and there was a CD in it. You want it? I went, sure. <laughs> <laughs> and it got airmailed. You'd be like, nah. <laughs> got airmailed, and it was 2010. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know. You know, it was, it was very strange, but it was, uh, it was cool. It's a great album. The thing with this, this EP is it really came out of nowhere. No one had heard anything about it. No one knew these tracks even. And then within about three hours, it went from the website was up. There were press releases everywhere. 
the lawsuit was already announced with all of this within like a few hours it was crazy how fast everything happened it was weird it was it's it's been very weird it's been like i said you know last week was the book and then all of a sudden it was the investigation and then all of a sudden it was celebration and now all oh yeah sudden, celebration this weekend that's right and now celebration and that, that and everything and i always said something's happening something strange is going to happen and they're leaking uh supposedly uh variety said that they're leaking uh the track listing for the purple rain uh remaster i did see that again i don't know don't know how true that is but (laughs) i don't know Uh, it looks interesting (laughs) it looks very interesting supposedly there's going to be two videos along with it i I just wonder what this whole thing's going to be digitally like i'm i'm fascinated by that it's well apart from this ep this purple rain deluxe will be the first well, if you want to count forever, but that's just a compilation. No, forever. This will be the first official posthumous release, posthumous. And did you see on the list of anything, on, that, really? on that list it said for the for the first disc, which is the album, it's yeah. all 2015 remastered. Well, we knew that? that was done. We knew that was done yeah, when but, the deal was done. Yeah, but nobody said that it was done. We knew that it was done because we knew that it was done, but it wasn't done until it's done. It wasn't done until we hear it, really. Well, Until then, it's just talk. Technically. You <laughs> but, you know, even even Prince himself tweeted at the time when everyone's like, where's the Purple Rain Deluxe? He's like, ask Warner Brothers. Ask Warner. They've, they've already got it. It's done. It's there. So we yeah. knew then it was done, if you want to believe what he said at the time. Yeah. I got, and that's why they're saying it's 2015. So they're not saying, like, it's a new release because they don't want anybody to have any doubts on who edited it. But the was... third disc, if that comes to be right, it's very interesting. The Dance Electric, Love and Sex, never even heard of that. The full <laughs> version of Computer Blue, Velvet Kitty Cat, Katrina's Paper Dolls, another song I've not heard. Yep. Uh, the original version of Weekend Funk with a slightly different title name. And that's 10 years sooner. That was recorded 10 years sooner than uh, the George Clinton Graffiti Bridge song. Yeah, yeah. Early, early 80s, yeah. Yep. Uh, Electric Intercourse, that's, Destiny Roadhouse and that, Garden, and Possessed, yep. which is you know, wonderful ass and father song. It's like that third disc from the vault, as it says. That's the disc. It, you know, if if this goes up on iTunes and you can just buy individual discs, I think I'll just be getting that third disc. Right. I, don't I mean, need to I, buy I, the whole package. I'm sure you have to buy the whole thing. Well, that's what and, I thought with Forever, because everybody was just going to buy Moonbeam Levels. And I, and I thought, no, they won't do that. They'll make you buy the whole thing. But then on iTunes, you could just buy the individual track. So yeah, who knows after, how they're going to do it. After it was released, but if you pre-ordered it to be like, oh, like, yeah. like a dorky nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it says but you know one, one thing... Purple Rain 2015 Paisley Park remaster. And then for That's edits, uh, When Doves Cry 7-inch single edit. <laughs> Lots of 7-inch, yeah. 17 Days, Let's Go Crazy. It's not the extended, it's the lesser ones. Um, but you know what it doesn't have? While it does have the I Would Die For You extended version from the 12-inch, it doesn't have the full unreleased version of I Would Die For You, which is like 29 minutes or something, uh, yep. which I have heard exists. Yeah, so where's that, says, you know? Says, don't, don't, put out a, don't put out what you say is like the deluxe, it's got everything. When yeah. one of the most obvious things that everyone knows about isn't on there. You yeah. know, there's lots of things that aren't on here. If you want to pick, which I do, <laughs> well, I just say like if they want to if they want to send these three coming in June, I'm 
um, completely. Oh, if they want to send me a copy for Peach and Black to review, send it for free. That's I'll I'll take it. I won't complain there. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm pretty sure that won't happen. It's like it's been a year now, and I was just thinking because for those who don't know, a whole bunch of reports or something came out like finally well the government released some details of their investigation was it yeah, it wasn't it. like like you know manny mo and jack uh reporters were suddenly coming out with some news to trump yeah. you know the fact that it was the anniversary of his death the the investigators uh released some of their findings and so is it just a coincidence that it came out practically one year later that just seems a bit weird to me anyway I thought the weirder part is that it's taken so long and that if this was a real investigation, I don't understand. This is Prince we're talking about. If this was just some some joker uh, in, in suburban Minneapolis and there was something suspicious about it, because there's clearly something suspicious going on. And I'm not saying it's murder or anything like gross like that, but something suspicious happened and there were laws broken. And mm. You know, to not have interviewed Kirk Johnson by now to their satisfaction is dumbfounding. You know, in any good Law and Order episode by like, you know, <laughs> segment two, you've interviewed all the parties that be. And I, I'm just saying I'm not jumping to conclusions, but all I'm saying is it's it's worth a discussion, don't you think? All I can say, like all this stuff just came out and I haven't read it. And to be honest, I, I just don't care anymore. It's not going to change anything. It's not going to bring him back. Reading all this stuff that's come out, it's just going to make you upset or sad or angry. So why even get back into it, you know? We're a year on, and most people should have, you know, mostly, you'd think, gotten over it. But if you just stay in that world, like, wallowing in this, all this news that just keeps coming out, you're just going to be sad forever. I just don't get why everyone's, you know, there's no point in knowing this stuff. Like, to me, I just don't get why. Well, I'm not one for gossip mongering, and I don't spend a lot of time uh, dealing with it. I know there's all the Facebook groups and, you know, things that have evolved since then. You know, for the most part, they're nice, not mean-spirited. There's a great amount of video material and random things that are posted online that's kind of fun but i think that the difference here is what i can't get is the the apologists like the people that will think he does no wrong he walks on water and you know you and i became friends because of prince and our appreciation for his music knows no leaps and bounds but to say that this guy ran a business that was surrounded by sycophants and it was surrounded by yes men. I mean, it was one of my biggest complaints from my dealings. And that fact just got worse and worse as the years went on. Right. It got worse and worse. It was just every year after year, it was just a rotating, like every year it was like clean out house and get a whole new bunch. Well, Kirk Johnson is a person. <laughs> Kirk Johnson. There was a few me. who stayed the whole time, but mostly but, there were but, a lot of. It was a revolving door, the, like the last say ten years. Sure, but there was a a um, there were pills, you know, prescribed to mm. to Kirk Johnson in in Paisley Park. Like, whoa. See, what? I don't know anything. I just I don't care about any of that. And Kirk was uh, uh, interviewed by CBS about three weeks ago. To I, I saw that. Tours. It was weird. And he got very defensive. And again, the apologists were like, how could the reporter dare ask him the questions? And I'm like, how do you not ask the questions? I, I mean, again, I'm not jumping to conclusions, but the questions are warranted. That's not gossip. But even so, it, Kirk could have easily said before the interview, 
don't ask me about this or that. But there's obviously no, that, that didn't no happen. Way, there's no way CBS says, yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm a journalist. I've been in broadcasting for 22 years. Like, there's no way that flies. You know what I mean? Like, I remember once there was a, a player we were supposed to interview, and he was under investigation for steroids. And the FBI was involved, and we were told not to, to ask about it. You just, you might as well not do the interview. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's just, it's not worth The other one that I think is fascinating was Judith Hill. Investigators found out that, number one, he had a romantic relationship with Judith Hill. And that she, and this is something I told you about, she was on the plane a week yeah. before he died and, and took off. What, what are you doing? Again, I'm not the gossip. I don't care about the romance and all that nonsense. What I'm saying is she was there. And why'd you leave? And I just, I want to hear the answer to that question. And, and that just sounds like she saw a guy that was in dark trouble and made a run for it. How, how do you do that? As I always do, I will, what is it, devil's advocate. Like, even the night that he died and Kirk left that night. You know, as much as we don't know Prince... He doesn't seem to be the easiest guy if he said, no, no, go home, that you say, no, I'm staying. I don't know. He doesn't seem the easiest guy that you could just, you know, argue that point. But, then answer, I mean? but then answer the question. Then, then That's what I'm saying. Then talk to investigators. And, you know, the old expression, uh, the innocent have nothing to run from. Again, please, hey, I, I'm prefacing this. This is a podcast. So if you're listening, you, you know, it's not something like it's a, it's not a radio show where you can tune in late and hear a conversation midstream. I, I am not accusing Kirk of anything. I am saying this doesn't look good. Answer questions. Not for fans. And I, again, I don't care if we never find out you, me, and, and the, the Prince fan group. That's not the people he needs to satisfy. What he needs to do, in my opinion, is talk to investigators. And I'd love an investigator to say, we have investigated Kirk Johnson and there has been no wrongdoing. Say that. And and then you know then we can go back and you know listen to Goldnigger or something. <laughs> Funny, I'm you determined. That album. I'm determined <laughs> to make him laugh, folks. But you know, so you still seem to be on that sort of you want to know what happened. And at some point, very soon after one year ago, I just lost all interest. Like I well, honestly don't care. I don't, you know, I don't care if there's someone to blame or not because it's done. You know, so well, many things happen in the world, and I'm just like, okay, it's done. It doesn't matter what happens from now. We can like, go back what, to what, politics. What, That's just, almost better. <laughs> no, but just say they found out Kirk was guilty. For example, allegedly, not saying anything, but just say Kirk was found guilty. Kirk goes to jail. What difference does that really make? I think that you I know think some that, people that, will feel that, better that, that there was justice, but you know it makes no difference to me. No, I, I I would love to know. I would I would much rather know that if there was some kind of wrongdoing, that because it was a rock star, that it wasn't shoveled under the rug, and that if there was wrongdoing, if if there were people, and I'm, again, it's not just Kirk; it could have been other people that were literally fi finding illegal drugs. Like you know, they determined in the investigation that. The illegal drugs that, that killed Prince were never prescribed to him. He got it from somewhere, you know? I always remember my second daughter was born at the trial of the doctor that was presiding over Michael Jackson. Oh, Conrad Murray. Conrad Murray. And they were, had reached a verdict. And there was we, we took bets with all the nurses in the maternity ward on <laughs> what would come first, verdict or baby. 
<laughs> it yeah. was very close. The baby, <laughs> the baby was born, and then twenty minutes later, uh, Conrad Murray was found guilty. And we, we were literally like, we had it on in the background during the birth of my second child. I just remember that. the The idea that you know we're talking about a guy who you know you and I, we 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 scratched the surface. We got close, and because of that. We saw some of the underpinnings of how that world worked. Yeah. Right? I'm not calling us experts. I'm saying we, we saw a little more. And what I'm saying is, is I was dumbfounded by the way <laughs> his business was run. That's a good word for it, yeah. And so it's not a pass, it's not a salacious, it's not a gossipy interest in what took place. I just, I'm determined to know the fact that. The things that I was concerned about back then ultimately are what were his undoing. That, ah. to me is, that to me is interesting because I couldn't get over the yes men that he was surrounded by. Mm. I couldn't get over the amount of people that were literally just, for lack of a better word, they were slaves to him. They were, yeah. And it's just, it's, it's uncanny to me that a guy would have that much trouble with his hips or whatever physical ailments. And all I say, all I'm saying is, everything around this death looks suspicious. And it doesn't mean he was killed, or it, do, it doesn't mean it was suicide, which is what the investigators say. But he did something illegal to get the drugs. Who was the idiot that couldn't say no to the guy because you're a bunch of yes men? Mm. Answer that, and and that's where that's my my interest in the in the whole thing. I I don't cry, you know what I mean, like. I, I always say 2016 was a bad year. 2015 for me was much worse. My best friend was shot and killed. And I often say I would I would take nine 2016s for an exchange to get rid of 2015. You know what I mean? So for me, it's a different perspective. But I just look at the guy and it has not changed my appreciation for his music. And it's my appreciation for his performance. And I think this last year has been one of trying to fill in the blanks and learning about his amazing career. But then I read books like uh, the Maite book, which I loved. And I, I tweeted about it. I loved. And I can honestly say there are a couple things in that book that really makes me look twice. And it's just, it doesn't change the music. But to be a Prince apologist and not hear this woman, because I listened to the audiobook. Oh, I, did she I, read it? She reads it, and she breaks oh. down. She, 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 like, it is the greatest podcast you will ever listen to. Mm. She, she reads it. It doesn't sound like she's reading. It sounds mm. like she's talking. When she uh, reiterates conversations between her and Prince, she changes the tone of her voice. So you mm. sound like she says hi between them. She'll go, he said hi. You're like, I can't even imitate it. And it's mm. just, it's so... Ooh, I might have to get that. It'd it's, be better than just reading the book. I started reading it, and I realized I don't have time to read this. And I, want, I was so interested, and I had to drive from New Jersey to Philadelphia, which is like a 90-minute drive. And so I drove down there. I listened to the beginning. I, I drove back. So now I'm three hours in. I think the whole thing is nine hours. And I mm. listened to it in four days. And it's, and it's brilliant. There's a couple of times where she had to stop because she was bawling. And that's amazing. And it's not the stuff, because I listened to Michael Dean's review of the book, which I thought was very fair. 
But I, the stuff that I took away from the book that didn't that I haven't seen talked about anywhere is is amazing to me. Which the first part about it, I mean, obviously everybody talks about him doing Oprah after their son son died, and that's yeah. that's a heart wrenching part of the of the book. But what about the part when the doctor says, you know, you really should do an amniocentesis? Yeah. And Prince said no. No, my faith will save everything. And and I'm just like, what? And that that's one part. And the other part is when Larry Graham comes into Prince's life. Because I'm not exonerating anybody. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm not saying that Prince wasn't in such deep pain. And think about that time. That's New Power Soul. Mm. And you think about that time. And all the time that Larry Graham and his wife Tina spent at their at, at Prince's house, giving him something to latch onto because his faith had been so tested. And then you hear Maite talk about the religion, and she's explaining what in detail she doesn't like about Jehovah's Witnesses. She's not ripping. She's not mean. She's not. She just says that. They, this is what they're claiming. And then she talked about the rainbow children and she talks about the banished one and it breaks her heart. And like, she, she she's like, I'm the banished one. Mm. It's such a great book. It's such a, a fantastic read. I was, I was floored by the whole thing. Two things you brought up there. I want to talk about one is you're right. No matter what I read or don't read about this guy, it's not going to change. Right. The entire history of his music. Correct. And I was just arguing with someone on Twitter the other day. And they're like, oh, but, you know, the, the investigation, it's like tainting his legacy. And, you know, the police are bringing up all these things from not, the investigation. It's going to ruin his legacy. And I'm like, no, his no. legacy is just fine. But a bunch of fans screaming on Twitter also is not going to help anything either. Well, it, 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 to me, the, the thing that has emerged in the recent time is the apologist. And it's something that it, it's like Prince walks on water and how dare anybody sully the, the, the magic name. And I just I find that to be ridiculous. I, I'm, I'm very honest. I'm very open. I'm very easily fair and balanced, yeah. for, you know, not to quote Fox, but, you know, I'm, <laughs> I just I try to. Because no to one's fair and balanced like Fox. Well, uh, let me use <laughs> let me use a baseball player. Let me use a baseball player from from recent time. There's this guy named Manny Ramirez. Manny Ramirez is the greatest right-handed hitter I've ever seen. Like, literally, uh, ever seen. And he's also a guy who pushed uh, a 65-year-old gentleman in the Houston Astros visiting clubhouse. He pushed a guy to the ground because he didn't leave him the right number of tickets. Uh. And I literally used to say, you have to be able to be balanced. I will never participate in a broadcast in which Manny Ramirez is a part of. However, if you ask me to describe him, I can say he's the greatest right-handed hitter of my generation. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, you have to be able to say both. But that's, and, yeah, that's the same as saying Bill Cosby's one of the most beloved TV fathers ever, which well, still is a fact, right, but and the there's Cosby a whole other side, a, right, which you're not Cosby talking show, about. Right, right. The Cosby Show is a great, uh, great um, show, and, and I think the better example is Michael Jackson. And yeah. I, I'm not comparing Michael Jackson One to One of Prince, the greatest but, entertainers of all time. Right. Ignoring the whole right. other side of things. But, but the, there was a trial in which kids accused him of sexual assault. And the fact of the matter is, is that doesn't ruin off the wall. And uh, I love what Spike Lee did for Michael Jackson in that he did documentaries about albums, not about mm. Michael Jackson's life. 
Yep. I thought that was brilliant because, you know, you can do a 90-minute documentary about Off the Wall and people won't say, well, wait a minute, isn't he the guy that was on trial? Like, it, it doesn't take anything away. And I think that ultimately, you know, that's the problem with all of these tributes and all of these these things. Like, all of it just seems very vanilla. I would love somebody yeah. to talk about Sign of the Times or talk about or even the new stuff. Like, talk about Lotus Flower if you want. Like, talk about something else and enjoy what that has brought. But I also don't think you then have to ignore the fact that I really wish he did not become a Jehovah's Witness. Because... See, you've got a whole bunch of people, mostly hardcore fans. They are the ones who were eating up this stuff, like all this stuff that's coming out from the investigation. The general public couldn't care less. They'll just be like, oh, no, some story. Who cares? Well, today's story was big. That was um, CNN, breaking, CNN breaking news to me was, was real. Like today, the, the day that we're recording, and you and I plan to record this anyway, but today's news was, I think, considered news. Like this, this was real news. This was not just social media buzz. I think the Maite book, which is like number three on the New York Times bestseller list. Like, I mean, it. I would love to do a podcast with you after you hear that audiobook. I would, I would love to get your we'll take. Get to that. You can't not have an opinion. It's, 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 it's rich with material. And I mean, the, the, there's another story. There's one other story about the Maite book that they recorded the Betcha by Golly Wow video after the baby died. Yeah. He went to the hospital. He went back there and he made Maite go back there. See, that fact was out a long time ago because I remember reading that. I didn't know that. I, I, I heard that and I, she's, she's like, she's, in the book, she's just like, what am I doing here? Yeah. That to me is like, again, she's not going, Prince that jerk. You know what I mean? Mm. She, she said she held out hope that they would eventually reconnect. First of all, the Prince apologists, if I get into something on, on Twitter with them, it starts off, you know, I think I'm just talking to a person. But then as soon as I realize that's who I'm talking to, I just stop. There's not even any point, like, continuing that conversation. Because I know exactly where it's going to go. I know exactly what I'm going to say. I know what they're going to say. It's pointless. But that's, but that's it's that. It's amazing. Like, the people who say that, that Maite sold out, like, what did she, what did she sell out? Oh, what was, that's, that's the other thing I was going to say. What? The fact is, anyone who's opened their mouth since he died... <laughs> Has sold out, right? You know, right. That's, unless that's, you're, unless that's you're giving, unless you're giving the book away for free. Michael Dean had a uh, did a, a a review of the book, and there was this one woman who called in. He did a really neat thing because he took live calls. I don't know what service I, he I, he did. He took live calls, and it, it literally it sounded like a spree cast in the making. Like it was just like you know, like checking your audio and little noises, and just all kinds of you know technical mm-hmm. issues and. One woman, she was in her 50s, and she just said, she goes, she never liked Maite because she never thought, she, she never thought from a distance that she was good enough for Prince. Ugh. She was very honest. Like, she's not a jerk for saying that. She's just, that's this mentality that Prince walked on water and that any of the quote-unquote protégés, she was Anyone. the one who yeah. broke through and... You know, what's the difference between her and Carmen Electra? Oh, the stories. This is another thing. You will crack up. There's um, stories about Maite meeting Carmen Electra mm-hmm. and seeing the way Prince treated a girl on her way out. <laughs> yeah. And then and then she didn't like uh, the girls who played Diamond and Pearl. 
she uh, she overheard them talking trash about her in the hotel. I heard and, I heard that on in one I think in one of the interviews Maite did she mentioned something about. Oh that. God, that's great stories. Like, and then she comes down and 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 I guess I think it was Sunny T saw her and 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 went over to her and she was just like, Why am I here? Like, what am I doing here? And this is all before they got into a relationship. And mm. you know. It's just it's 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 very telling about that time. Like it's it's a fascinating time. And Prince says, and you know, again, according to Maite, she's oh, they're just jealous because they're on the way out, and they know it. And because hmm. Diamonds and Pearls tour was ending, and he had yeah. moved on to the symbol album. And so you've got Maite there, but the, like that woman who you said called in. Yeah, yeah. That's should, that's yeah. the sort of mentality that just yeah I. I I cannot like comprehend the way that those brains work. I just don't get it. <laughs> it's like, yes, this guy is a singer that you like obviously a lot. Right. But what has his personal life got to do anything with right. you? Sure, you can have an opinion, but you know, some of them just go so far. Right. It's just it's insane to me. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Like there's... I don't know that particular woman, I didn't hear it, but I don't know if it's like, a, is it a, like a jealousy thing? It's like, how could he be with her but not me? Are they that deluded that they think they, they had a chance? Well, they were, I don't they understand. Were, how about the Prince people that I met online through the Spreecast because they knew Prince was involved, and then as soon as the Spreecast was over, they had no use for me. Gone. Yeah. And, like, I couldn't get them. I, like, like, what was I going to do? I was going to say, you know, I'm making up a name, but... You know, what was I going to say? Prince, Prince, I know we have a spreecast to prepare for, but have you met Janet? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. I just, it's just, it's, it's kind of amazing. But, you know, look, that's what, that's what fans are. That's what, you know, that, that's what loyal, loyal fans are. I just think that knowing you guys, and I noticed this about Peach and Black, was you guys were just objective. You adore the guy's music, but you also at the same time manage to just hold on to your objectivity. You can you can talk about a song or a, or an album in a manner in which you thought it was. And you back up your claims and that's the other thing about Maite that I was so impressed with. Every claim that she made, she gave distinct examples. It's not whiny. It's not like it's nothing of what you've read about on social media and I don't know how much you've read about I cannot gush about this book enough, and I was very ambivalent about it when it came out because she's just a character in the adventure of Prince. Like, that's all it was in my head. I was interested in it, and I I think I was benefited from listening to the audio as opposed to reading it. I read the first chapter. It's very sweet, and I just was like, when am I going to find the time to read this? You know, you can't you can't read a book while you're walking in Manhattan. <laughs> you know what I mean? But you can listen and I was able to hear it and then when I found out it was her, I was amazed. The other book that I want to recommend is a book called The Gold Experience by I'll get the I name saw of that book, yeah. Oh my god. I let me tell you about this book. This this book is it's called The Gold Experience. James Walsh. And that's all about those years, isn't it? But it's not a retrospective. It's reprints of his articles. Articles, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. There are nights that Prince had parties at Paisley Park, and this guy has a first-person account of... He has the story of, during what I say, 
you know, the Ray Charles. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. What I say when the guy comes on, when he's getting yep. Bud, Light, Bud Light on guitar. This guy, James Walsh, has a whole article on who that is. Mm. It was great. I was like, this is, what a great read. I was like that. And again, you don't make, I'm not making judgments. I, I, I'm not sitting here. I'm not, I don't love his music any more or any less. Oh, that's the other thing about the My Tape book. You hear the music while you're listening to her. You don't hear it physically in your mind. Mm. Like when you hear her talking about staying up all night in his hotel suite, just talking, you hear the morning papers. You know what I mean? Like you, you just, you hear it, you hear those songs. And it's pretty amazing to see how much of an effect she had on his music because his music between the symbol album and emancipation, those are love letters to her. And then she talks a lot about, I love you, but I don't trust you anymore. Like a lot. Yeah. See that the amount of like crazy people <laughs> and I'm back on that. But like just the number of people who maybe liked my tape at the time, maybe they didn't, but there's a, a section now who just absolutely hate her. Yeah. Mostly for putting this book out. It's not a majority, but it's a, a vocal minority on yeah. social media. But those and people just, haven't read it. All those people haven't read it. Probably not. Probably not. There's no way you could but, read that book and hate her. Oh, you, you, you don't know. You know, no, the mentality telling, of some of these I'm people. You, man. I'm telling you, all I say is... You're giving I, people I, too much credit. I would, I would just say... They're blinded I, by the hatred. To hear you... I just want to speak to you. We don't have to do a podcast. I want to I want to hear from you after you read this book or read or listen or whatever you do with this book. And and all I'm saying is it's not gossipy, it's not it's not phony. It's it's just all kinds of real and it's amazing. She talks about how she regrets in January of last year, she regrets not going to, to Paisley Park, but she tells a story about last year how she was at a at a at a lounge and he was there, and he was standing behind her. And one of Prince's managers, I think Julia, texted a friend of Maite's saying, we're right behind you. And then she finally gets the courage to turn around, and he's gone. gone. And he was supposed to perform. His guitars were all set up, and he doesn't perform because he saw her. Mm. Oh, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's just crazy. And, and it, like, what I would love is I would love one of these shows, whether it's Funkenberry or or the the Michael Dean show or you guys, I would love somebody to interview Larry Graham. I would love to know what. I don't what, think he said anything really, has he? Since no, no chance, no chance. Because I think, and this is again just this. Now this sounds gossipy, and I don't mean this, but I think that he denounced his religion towards the end, like he had had enough of Jehovah's mm. Witness. That he had kind of like he was very very serious about it, and then he kind of and that could yeah, be he, he definitely seemed like less in, involved, like, less involved. Yeah, Again, this yeah. is just from afar. I will say this: I heard this great story. This <laughs> I love telling this story. There was a guy that I worked with at Fox that was based out of L.A. That was a sound engineer, and he worked at a church, so he would do the sound for the choir. And someone he met, oh, he met, he was very good friends with Andrew Goucher. Mm. And Goucher introduced my friend to, to Prince after 3121. And he was looking for, a, he was trying to become, like, he was trying to get hired. So he shows up at this hotel suite trying to get hired, and Prince wants to meet him. 
and they go out to like a like a balcony of a of a of a hotel suite, and Prince starts talking about the Jehovah's Witness. Mm-hmm. And the whole time he was just like, "Oh, I can show you tapes, and I did this with my my choir, and and this, and, this. and it was none nothing, nothing about that." Yeah, he thought it was a job interview, and then I I did a spreecast with him. I never heard one thing. Mm-hmm. Never heard one thing about it. Like by 2013, I think it was kind of over. I don't know. It was just never spoken of. And for a guy who was that open about it, it was it's just you know, he did a whole album on it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it was a pretty intense Jehovah's Witness. Which is fine. It's just again, all I say is read the Maite book. I will get to that. My final, my final point on the book: <laughs> if he doesn't meet Larry Graham the way he does, despite all of the tragedy, people say that they broke up because of the tragic loss of the kids, and I disagree with that. I think that if if Prince does not meet Larry Graham the way he does, and does not fall head over heels for the Jehovah's Witness. He never marries Manuela Testolini, and he never leaves Maite, and they adopt. And That's quite they, possible. And I, I believe that they were true love, and that that religion got in the way. And that's why they broke up. Mm. Interesting. In fact, about that book, Yeah. and the people who don't like it, the, it's not just from fans. This is the other like main thing I wanted to talk about is just it seems that anyone who was involved with him at all is just hating on everyone else who was involved with him. There's a few who were like sticking together, but generally everyone's just making comments about the others, which is really it's disturbing. That's what it is. <laughs> um... It's that really annoys me. Well, let me let me ask you a question. Is you, you say you don't follow a lot of the the newsy type things? Like I follow the related artists to an extent, especially ones that I know knew personally. You know what I mean? I care what happens to Liv Warfield. I love that Liv Warfield grew her hair out, and Donna oh. Grantis grew her hair out instantly, mm. instantly. Mm. That that guy died, and suddenly they looked the way they wanted to look. Mm. But I don't follow, like, all these associated artists, but, like, people will just, like, send me messages like, did you see what this person said about that person? And they'll, like, quote it or something, and I'm like, well, I have now. But (laughs) I'm not following all these people. You're talking about, like, Apollonia, who's who's been in... Apollonia's been saying things, and I think Jill Jones was saying things about Maite's mother, and it's just all this, like, just bitchy stuff. Maite's mother pimped her out. It's, it's disgusting. They're talking about tarnishing his legacy. You think this is helping? Yeah, yeah. Seriously. And they're yeah. the ones who supposedly loved him more than anyone. Yep. They're the ones coming out fighting with everyone else who ever knew him. It's yep. it's pathetic. That's what it is. Yeah. I know they're upset. They're sad he's gone. But going after everyone else, again, that's not a solution. There's like some mentally disturbed people out there. It's it's strange. Well, it's, 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 it's very amaz- strange. It's amazing about how... You know, everybody thinks they knew him. Oh, I, I know. I kept saying everyone thinks that they knew him, and no one else did. That's the right. that's the weird uh, thing about this guy. They all think that whatever they had, that was it. But it's a testament to him and the way he made people feel. Like that, he, it's a, like he had a compartmentalized ability. every relationship he had with everyone else, and everyone was getting something different. That right. is a yeah. It's amazing. I mean, I mean, what he's done for 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 people. But it's very funny about uh, that song, The Most Beautiful Girl in the World. She doesn't think that that song's written for her. She said she, it's about everyone. It's about a lot, all women. 
but she says she goes i know five or six women that think that song's written about them mm. oh uh, and that's that's a probably that's a very funny. low estimate and that's funny i thought that it was, that that yeah. made me laugh it's um like i know when we met him like the few times like when me yeah, and mc oh, yeah. met him and the other times that i met him i know that was just a you know the tiniest fragment right of his life and i would never say that i knew him because you know one night a, a few hours here and right. there that's that's nothing right but you got you got close enough to to be able to formulate the correct opinion that, that's, probably that's all i'm saying is that you got you got close enough that you have an open enough mind that again i'm trying not to use a sports analogy but it's enough to be considered an insider you know what i mean like like it's funny what you said about before how we remained the peach and black podcast remained objective oh yeah we did that was that was hard we talked about that a lot we're like this is going to affect what we say sure and i'm like why he um why does it have to and he like if a song if a song was bad we would say this is a bad song and this is why but i think the only i don't know like concession we we made yeah yeah but i think the only concession we made was we probably swore a little less after we knew he was listening that's the one thing we did sort of and you denied every notice and you denied ever knowing about a bootleg we never denied it no come on it was just never mentioned you're like moonbeam levels what's that (laughs) (laughs) i've heard there's a track Hey, we never denied it. We never denied gra- knowing what a bootleg was. The grand progression? What's the grand progression? I've never heard of that. I've read about it somewhere, I'm sure. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> but yeah, it's weird that a lot of people think that they knew him, and they did know. They knew the part that he wanted to show them, and that was it. Yeah. Which, which that is, was it. That was the while extent he, of it. Right. While he was alive, that's a great part of this. You know what I mean? Once he was alive, that's a, that's a fantastic part of this. I think while he was alive, it was one journey. And I think that, you know, keeping the distance from afar, you know, is, is also part of it. And I, I oh, here's, a, here's another thing. Um, she knows there was a will. Mm. What? Like, uh, what? The serious <laughs> blank. Like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding? They're in this mess because why? Because he burned a bunch of stuff? Like, are you kidding? Mm. I mean, I, I would love, to, I would like to take Prince and I would like to shake him. <laughs> but look, I'm sure I said this before, and this is, yeah, again, this is getting into like the gossipy thing, right. talking about all this, the details, but I find it extremely hard to believe that there was never a will. Oh, no if, if a will had never been made in his entire life, then his managers from like 1984 should all be in jail. For not making him do one. When he was making Purple Rain money from the tour, from the movie, from everything else, you know, millions and millions of dollars coming in, and no one thought he should have a will even then? I mean, I can't believe at some point it never happened. He was having a kid. I mean, I know this. I never had a will. I never knew what a will was until not when I got married, but when I was about to become a father. You get a will, I mean, to protect your children. And he had children. <laughs> There's no way he didn't have a will. And I don't know where it is. And the point and... where that gets weird is, okay, if he had a will, and even if somebody somehow got hold of it and destroyed it, the fact is any will that's ever been officially done, there's copies kept. Some lawyer has it somewhere. 
you can burn all the copies you want, but if it's been registered, there's copies. You would think. No, you wouldn't think. That's what happens. No, <laughs> That's I'm the saying, law. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you would think. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, I, so, yeah, that that's still. I I don't think about that, but when you bring it up, that it still re- makes me think. Oh, that is so unbelievable. Well, it's amazing. It's it's amazing to to think that. Like again, like what what do we care about? Like what are the things that I personally care? What takes place? The two things are: how did he die, or who let him down? Not how did he die? We know yes. how he died. How, who let him down? And num and number two is, are you kidding me with this will? Like, <laughs> there's no way. Like, this is a colossal mess. You know, now I don't know if you saw, but you know, Universal spent like thirty million dollars for his publishing, and then Warner Brothers is like, well, you don't have our publishing, <laughs> and that's what they wanted. And yeah. I mean, there's this there's this debate about you know whether or not. You know oh how, yeah, like, someone sent me that. It's they've got the publishing, but Warner's is saying, well, if even if it's Vault stuff, if it was recorded while he was under Warner's contract, you can't touch it. It's ours, right? It's ours. Ugh. And I'm just like, are you serious? Really? I just I, I, the whole time I'm just like, he did not have a will. I <laughs> I can't believe it. But see, I, the, again, this whole mess, the whole estate, it's just total chaos. It's pretty much the same as when he was here. I just thought there would have been a plan, and that he cared. He cared enough about that vault to to put it in the room with the with the humidifiers and the and the you know the climate control and all these things, and put like a bank door on it. Like it's a real vault, and to care I think so what, little. Yeah. I mean, what? How how long did it take what, after he died before they drilled a hole in it? Not long. Like an I hour? think um, while he was alive. That was a very useful tool for him to have all that stuff there. He could just go in and he could pull out a bass line from some song in 1986 and go, oh, I can use this. I haven't used that anywhere else. There was so much, so many ideas and, you know, stuff in there. He could just use that any time. But I think after he was gone, his opinion was basically, I'm not here. I don't care. It's not my problem anymore. I mean, that's kind of strange. It, so was he. But. You know, even a few interviews he did, people would ask him what's going to happen to all this stuff, and he's like, I don't know, it might be released when I'm not here. But if he had zero plan, you know, he, obviously he didn't plan on dying, but to not have any sort of... He had all this plan to make Paisley Park open as a museum. That's been planning for the last 10, 15 years. That sort of thing, that's a long-term plan for something that's happening when you're not here. Yeah. But the vault, zero. Yeah, Nothing, but- no plan at all. It's like, who cares? I'm not here. I'm not here to worry about it. It's not my problem. When I'm up somewhere else, I don't care. And then, you know, in 2016, he had, what, five of the top ten albums? Mm. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. The music is still fantastic. And like I said, and and you and I have talked about it, I just, I think that now that there's a beginning, a middle, and an end, I think it's amazing to see the fill in the dots. It's like pieces of a puzzle. You know, I've, I've told you about stories like, um, you know, everybody talks about Montreux 09 and 2013. What about Montreux 07? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, what about that? And and what about, you know, this last minute performance? And what about the Montreal Jazz Festival? Remember we talked about that, you and I? And yeah. I, I just was hearing these, these random stories. And uh, when he performed that song Creep at Coachella, and that, you know, got circulated around. And, 
you know, they he asked he asked the 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 what's the name of the band? Radiohead. <laughs> Radiohead. He asked them to uh to take it down and then as soon as he died they put it back up and I thought that that was amazing and you know, I, I, I don't know if you've heard, but Andy Allo has a new uh, like it's like a four song E P and he she did an interview, you know, and they asked about Prince and she said the biggest thing that Prince took away was the fact that she he loved her acoustic and so all four songs are acoustic and you think about that album that he she did with him that it's yeah. just it's i mean it's 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 brilliant and i mean there's 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 just there's so much that is out there that is so fascinating that i just think it's 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 remarkable like sign of the times is out on blue right now i, I didn't know that you know like that's amazing <laughs> but none of this would have happened if he was still alive if he was still alive, he'd release like these random songs. Trust me, I'd much rather have the alternative, you know. But you know, this idea, like, first of all, I never got to see a piano and a microphone. You guys did. Yep. You know, and it's just, it's, it's just amazing. It's, it, I was and even that was see... such a fluke. Oh, so random. Because he was supposed to go to what Paris, like at the end of yep. yep. two thousand, and the Bataclan Club, yeah. And that happened, and then he's like, okay, I'm not going there, and then yeah. managed to book these Australian and New Zealand shows. So that was just a total accident that we even got those shows. No, and I love the story about when uh, when uh, Rob ran into Damaris Lewis mm. know, a couple of weeks after after he had died, and you know she, he explains that he was the host of Peach and Black, and she got tears in her eyes and hugged him and talked about how much he loved your show. I just think I think that's awesome. I just thought that was so nice. And even if she's lying, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> like I was just so proud of 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 your show, and you know, I, I've been an admirer of it for for such a long time. And I just to hear that was just really, really. I, I texted or I tweeted or whatever uh, Damaris, and I just said that like you literally made these four guys' day. Like it was it was just really. Mm-hmm. It is really nice and, and, and just really special. And I, I just think, like, there are those stories. And, like, I think that you and I, we manage to have a Prince discussion every once in a while, and it's not about gossip. Like, it's it's well, not about... There's enough people out there talking about just, you know, whether it's fact or just total garbage. There's It doesn't need... There's enough people out there talking about other things. Well, is it weird, like, the whole is, reason... is it weird that they're doing a pr- uh, celebration? Like and they're having all these panels, and look again. That's something else that I, I really don't have an opinion on. Again, I honestly I don't care if they didn't do it. I'd be fine. They're doing it. I'm fine. I know people who are going. I know yeah. a fair few people that are going from Australia. For real, they're already over there. They've already flown over there. Wow. Good and luck to them. Wow. Great for bad. them. It's too bad we couldn't have posted this pod- podcast for their flight. Mm, but like I've been to Paisley Park. I was in there. I talked to Prince in Paisley Park. Going back there now, when he's not there, it would be strange. It would be odd. So yeah, I don't, I don't need. I think because if I was already, in Minneapolis, I've already had that experience. On, right. If I was in Minneapolis on business, I would go. Sure, see you'd it. go. Right, I would go see it, but I don't think I would. I don't think I would travel to Minneapolis mm. with him not there. I just doesn't. Doesn't. doesn't Same thing. If I was sense. in the area. Right. I'd probably go back just because I was there, but I'm not going to spend you know four thousand dollars just to go there. 
Right. There was um, what was the story? There's a my, my story with Paisley Park. There were two times uh, during the spreecast that I was supposed to be on standby because there was a rumor that we were getting sent there, and that never materialized. And then there was a time in 2002 when I was covering the Minnesota Twins in the playoffs. And if the Twins had won to go to the World Series, a guy that I knew in the media was going to give us, a, you know, he was going to take us to Paisley Park. That was it. And the Twins didn't win, and that was all. <laughs> I n- never thought twice about it. The end. <laughs> the end. I was like, okay. But yeah, it, like, I saw Prince, I saw him play on the stage in Paisley Park, and... That's a great memory. I, I know going back there would be just a bit weird. I don't doubt it. I, I, I don't doubt it. I, I, I just don't know what, what's there. I don't... I'm not, I'm not admonishing somebody for going. You know, I just... I don't know what what is there. I mean, I, I, I love... Look, I'm going to see uh, The Revolution in a couple of weeks. You lucky bastard. I'm excited. I'm... Uh, I'm if you manage to talk to any of them, just tell them Australia is waiting. I uh, I, I have. Uh, I haven't said that, but I, they I have been, talked to two of them. Because yeah. they've never been here. The revolution never came to Australia. Yeah, I'm, this I'm is excited. Their, this is our it's, only chance. <laughs> the same venue that I saw uh, Liv and Shelby and um, uh, and Judith Hill. Um, so uh, I'm exci- I like the I like the place, and it's 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 small. It's very intimate. It's um, BB Kings. Ah, uh-huh. in New York, and uh, it's it's fine. I mean, I, I I'm oh, looking B. B. forward King. to it. Yeah, BB King's that's where, is where... Um, that's where we were supposed to meet Prince one night, and he never turned up. <laughs> that was all arranged. Like we went down there, we got phone calls. <laughs> there were things happening. It's like, be here. He's gonna come. <laughs> we got there. We we got we're there way early, and we're just oh, waiting. And we laugh. saw a few like Prince people hanging around. That makes me laugh. And then eventually someone came up to us and he's like, um, yeah, it's not happening tonight. <laughs> but that was just like one section of that entire chaotic few days. The one story I told. King, the good thing guys. was we did see Tower of Power play that night. Oh, really? That's funny. I saw uh, somebody was asking me, not about you guys, but somebody was asking me something about Prince. And uh, we were talking about uh, songs and lyrics and something. And it was an African-American gentleman, and he works for CBS Radio. And uh, he asked me about uh, Tony M. And I told the story about uh, Jim Crow and your (laughs) dealings with Prince. And I I just, that's still the funniest. (laughs) Well, and the funny part about that story, the funny part about that story is you're not uneducated. You know, you just didn't grow up in this country. So there's yeah. no reason you would know that. Like, there, there's Again, no... every time I tell that story, if I'm telling it to an American, I'm like, just like you don't know what happened in right. in Australia in 1789, right. I don't know what happened in your country, you know, in your history. Louis C.K. Uh, does a whole big bit bit on his new uh, Netflix special. It's very funny. He, uh, he, says, um, he says, I'll say this, you know, you respect all religions, but uh, Christianity, clearly the best. Oh, he they said, won. Yeah, he yeah, said I mean, Christianity won. Christianity won. <laughs> Clearly. Because, I mean... It, it's, the years, it's, the thing about the years. Yeah. What are we counting? Right, we're counting that was, since That was Christ. the best thing in that entire special. It's like... And when he says the Jews... Every other yeah. religion adopted that calendar. Right. So right. we won. 
Right. And the, <laughs> it's and the hilarious. Jews, and the Jews call it 5792 or whatever it is. Yeah, but don't <laughs> worry about that. <laughs> we, we know what the real number is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There was um there were people in my school uh this is when I was growing up. They were, I you know, I went to Hebrew school and uh there were people once we learned about that calendar because that calendar that's kind of odd, you know. And um once we learned that uh, people were singing the song tonight. We're gonna party like it's fifty-seven, fifty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> I just remember that because oh, I remember when that was during. Um, no, that was during. That was not when I was in Hebrew school. That was in um, not, Raven to the year two thousand. That was Y two K. It was uh, yeah. tonight. We're gonna party like it's fifty-seven, fifty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that funny? Like Paisley Park, that's um. I feel sad. Well, sad. I feel. I don't know. I feel something for the people who were only getting the chance to go there now and never had a chance before to go there when he was there. Yeah. Because they're going there, and it's you know it won't be the same. No, and because and to me now, like some people thing, are yeah. going to walk in there yeah. and they'll be like, oh, I can feel his spirit or his aura or something. It's still in the building, but to me now. That's just a bunch of concrete and glass. Yeah. It's just a building. Yes, he recorded a whole bunch of stuff there. He sort of lived there. He was there a lot. But it's just a building. It's just some recording studios. If you look at it, you know, again, like, objectively, not emotionally, not, you know, in any other way. It's just a building. No, but I hope that they do. I just hope that it, it continues to evolve. And, well, know, I hope it stays crying. open as as the museum because if that's the only way they're going to make money to keep everything going, then obviously that's what we want because to keep everything running well, takes someone money. On, someone on Michael Dean's uh, podcast suggested he made a great point. He said, "You know, these record companies are not fighting over the rights to the vault; they're fighting for the rights to Purple Rain." You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Because the fact of the matter is, is that you know having the rights to be able to re-release something. I mean, you and I haven't spoken about it, but that uh, that master um, re-release of Purple Rain, with which is two, coming soon, two CDs of unreleased stuff plus two. So videos, they say. I mean, if that's true, that's fantastic. Go get them, that, man. That's another thing. I'll I'll believe it when it's in my hands. Oh, that's uh, I I mean that sounds great. I remember not long after we found out Prince was listening to the, our podcast, and I can't remember who told me, but they said one thing he doesn't like is speculation. Huh. And we sort of kept that in mind because, again, if he's listening, we don't want to spend a whole show about, you know, what's Prince going to do next? Right, right, right. So we didn't really do that. Well, we did a little bit, but not as much as we could yeah. have. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think back to... It was it it was very interesting because the kind of show that you guys did was very much like the kind of show I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It, was, it was always I love the idea of just taking a classic era and going back. Like I love the milestones. I love the that's what I love about you know the this date in history. Like I love the the mm-hmm. random releases, and I I love just again it's all pieces of a puzzle, and I really do think it's been you know, a fascinating year in that sense because it's opened my eyes to so many things that I never would have looked for. And, you know, every, you know, he always used to say, what's your favorite song? The next one. 
and you know, I can tell the story about the day on the Sunday afternoon that we got this email because Prince wrote a song that morning when the studio recorded it and emailed it to us that afternoon. And it was that that girl thing. And I just remember that and I never thought twice about it. You know what I mean? But you're not gonna get that anymore. And I just remember like like that spontaneity and that like you know, they had that that black is the new black and the NPG jazz and like all these different things that he was getting himself into and you just wonder what the next thing would have been, you know? And in the meantime, you know, there's been some some neat concerts. I remember the one that that I um I talked to you about when I found out that in Rio he did a concert that was broadcast on television. Oh, Rock in Rio, nineteen ninety one. January Oh, I think eighteenth or nineteenth. And, and I'm not a I'm 21st? not a small I'm not a small fan, but that was fantastic. And mm. it can it connects dots. And that's to me like that's what I'm saying. Like I never but that's, would have that show really that. is sort of like a missing link. Yeah, because it was sort of in between the nude tour and the diamonds and pearls tour, and that oh, was sort of a that's bit another of both. Part, that's it was an interesting show. That's another part about the Maite book. He meets her during the nude tour, mm. and um, Germany or Spain somewhere. Both, both. Uh, he goes. Yeah. To, they see. They see him in Spain, and then they want. And then she. He. The mom is convinced that. You know, Prince should see how talented she is. So she makes her make a tape, and they give the tape, and some bodyguard finds it. Passes and, it on. And he looks at it, and, and he looks at it, and he wants to talk to her, and then they trade numbers. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's 1990, so we're talking, like, like not even cell phones, you know? And mm. he, he would call their house. <laughs> yeah. And he would be like, hello, is Maite there? <laughs> it's it's great. It's a great. You know that's. You know what's weird? Paisley Park is now run by Graceland Enterprises. Correct. But if you have read Priscilla Presley's autobiography, they started. Her and Elvis started in a very similar way. She was younger, and it was years ago when I read that book. But it was very. It sounds. It sounds like a very similar story. Like she was underage, she was. I think Priscilla was only fourteen when Elvis first met her, and obviously they didn't do anything straight away. They waited, you know, a few years. It's and that's just strange how that works out. I just thought of that now. That's interesting. You know, it, it's funny because you know people are critical. Everybody's critical of everything. Like I remember there was all the talk about the tour guides. And, oh, about them uh, not knowing much. They didn't know anything, and but that's not going to be forever. Yeah. But see, yeah, when that when those tour guides were coming coming out about not knowing anything, yeah, that was a bit annoying because I'm, you know, how many of us thought we could do that job? Oh, you could, first of all, you could get that job right now. <laughs> yeah, but but then I remember reading that they didn't want like hardcore fans being the tour guides, and I thought, who else knows everything? Right. Who else knows every detail about what track was recorded in which studio and all the all that stuff? Yeah. You're going to get someone in who's not a fan and then try and make them learn all this stuff Who is just because guy? for some reason you don't want a hardcore fan working there. It's Again, it's just bizarre thinking. There was one interview that I heard of a guy that went on the tour that knew that... Oh, Adrian Crutchfield. Yeah. Adrian Crutchfield took the tour as like a yeah. regular person. 
and just went on the tour and like literally just to see what like, it was like just to see what they said and see what it was like and they went in the studio that he recorded that song rough enough yeah <laughs> and like nobody said a word <laughs> he was like what about that song rough enough <laughs> mm. so yeah so all we do now is wait for is it june when this purple rain supposedly comes out yeah i hope so i hope so i mean that's the weird part about the celebration i would love the celebration to be in june i think that would make more sense don't you think well yeah it is sort of just by the choice of that date versus that date it is sort of more it's on the side of celebrating death instead of celebrating life yeah it's kind of strange you know because the celebrations were always in june Right, you celebrate, but now, um, but now this one time it's in April. It's yeah, it is a bit weird. It's just odd. It's not wrong. It's just odd. I look. I hope they have a great. I think the the one thing that uh, is, I hope for the family that like they earn, you know, everything that they're hoping to get out of this. Um, I know that there have been some of the Paisley Park events that have been uh, super well attended, and some haven't. I mean, it was also winter time in Minneapolis, so <laughs> I don't know. Um, I do like that they're doing the um, the concert, concert screenings on the yeah, Saturday the, nights. The co- concert screenings. Well, that means they have them all. You know what I'm saying? And I just well, that that's what I thought. But then they they started repeating. Like they've shown the London one twice. They've shown the Brisbane one twice. It's like uh, you have so that. many concerts to choose from. Why yeah. have you repeat, repeated Brisbane twice in six weeks? That just seemed a bit strange to me. Or just release those. Yeah, I don't want to end on a downer, but the estate. No, but get. But get handling the, um... things like in the last twelve months oh, what a has been, from my point of view, has been. I haven't been following it, all of it because it just annoys me. But look what's happened: basically zero. There was a big tribute concert in October that was supposedly great, but no one thought to record it. Again, what sort of bizarre thinking was that? Oh, don't record the audio or the video. No, mm-hmm. it was just like a five-hour extravaganza with it, like everyone. I mean, put that on. But no one thought to yeah. like capture that. That again was a bizarre thing to me. Right, and, and then there's the celebration the they, coming up when they played uh, "Purple Rain" and then they brought in his lyrics from the yes. piano and the microphone. Yeah, everyone was thinking who's gonna sing it, and then his voice, crazy. I remember watching parts of that, like I think on Periscope, because that was the only way we could see it. Like horrible quality video on Periscope, but that's all we got, and that's that's it. But that's pretty much all that's happened like there's been there's been one release which was basically one track which was moonbeam levels and even that was supposedly sourced from a bootleg technically well, they've released nothing from the vault well you that know just, I, oh. I, it's it's strange about moonbeam levels too is because it doesn't sound any different like it just sounds yeah. it just sounds exactly like it sounds exactly the same as the best quality circulating bootleg recording I mean, because we are, I think we are amateur audio people, right? They are amateur audio people. I thought you could pump, bring up the sound or something like. I don't know what they had to work with, but it sounds exactly. But it doesn't like, even sound like they work from it with anything from the vault. That's the thing. Know. Wait, you think they went to like Greenwich Village in Manhattan, bought a bunch of CDs, <laughs> and said, "Here's what we're going to." That gonna would release. not surprise me. I know. It would surprise me if they went on some forum and it's like, "Oh, what's the best, um, what's the best quality version of Moonbeam Levels? Can someone send it to me?" <laughs> oh, can you can you give me an uh, MP3? <laughs> that's that's ah, well, oh, it's ridiculous. That wouldn't surprise me at all. 
Yeah, it's, it's just it's. This is why I don't try to think about it too much. This is the most I've talked or thought about it in a while. Yeah, it's, but it's it's, it's very frustrating and annoying and bizarre. Yeah, it's very strange. Very, Which again it's... is quite similar to how things ran when he was here. Yeah. So yeah. in that way, they're just keeping things going. No, and then <laughs> the, you, you have know, the normal organized chaos that went on then. Right, you have all these all these tributes and all these things, and everybody has quality of tribute. Anyway, so that's it. That's episode eleven. So let me ask you a question about episode eleven. Is there going to be an episode twelve, and can I be on that one too? You probably will. Okay. There, there probably will be one, and it'll probably be you. Okay. I can. If it's not, that. then you can get lucky thirteen. Okay. No. That's, I'll, I'll take. 12, I'll take 13, it. Whichever's next. <laughs> I have requests. I have. I. You should get Tony M to do twelve. I'll do 13. We're going to talk to Tony M. He's, really? he's so busy yeah. right now setting up for this April thing. For the tour. For the tour. Yeah. For the yeah. power generation. Good the luck original to NPG. That's, yeah, that's no. another show I wish would come to Australia, but it's very unlikely. Well, I just would, I want to know what songs they play. Like, I, I, I want to hear, I want to hear, um, the return of the bump squad. I want to hear like random, yeah. random. No, no. The like, best track they could play, but it's very un- again, very unlikely. Is the Exodus has begun? Oh, that would be. Fantastic. It's ne- as far as I know, it's never been played live. It is just such an epic oh. studio track. I can only imagine how it would be live. Oh, I'm gonna go listen to that right now. That's it would a great be song. Oh, that's a great song. No, I'd love that. You could do. You could do Johnny. You could do. Oh. Ah, uh, you could do it all. I mean, there's there's so many great songs. You know, it's funny that the Maite book and the 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 the, the documentary uh, Slave Trade and a lot of that has to do with Prince in the '90s. And I don't know why, but the memories. I guess it's just because of how how old I was. You know, I graduated yeah. high school in '92, college in '96. So, you know, it's 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 the time. Yeah. Of, well, you're only a couple of years off from me, and yeah, it's the '90s was my time. Right. Right. Like I, I love the '80s, but I, the '80s is all, you know, fill in the blanks. You know, yeah, I mean? it's I, to us that's that's right. history. But '90s, we were there. We were active. Right. We were I there. Was, we were getting releases as they came out. Everything else was like, let's go back and buy this album from six years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, I've told this story before, but I was forbidden. I was forbidden to buy Parade and Sign of the Times, and I could not buy Love Sexy. And then <laughs> ba- Batman came out. And I was like, it's Batman. I mean, how do, how do I not get the Batman? And then Graffiti Bridge, which as an album, I, I adore. And yep. during Graffiti Bridge's run, it was those, uh, those 12 you know, cassettes for a penny or whatever it was. Uh, yeah. And I did, I did uh, For You, Prince, Controversy, Dirty Mind. Uh, um, you know what I mean? And I did the back catalog. Yeah. And that included Parade and Sign of the Times. And I didn't mm. appreciate them because it was like a, you know, you got them all in one shipment. <laughs> it was like, it was yeah. an overload of, overload of music. But then from from Batman on, I was there every release. A- every release. And I remember in 95 going to London to visit, uh, you know, my ex-girlfriend. You know, she wasn't my ex then, but to visit my ex-girlfriend. And then went to the end, New Power Generation store. Uh. Got the um, the Get Wild cologne, <laughs> yeah, and the um, and Exodus, and Exodus was so good, and uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, all that stuff with it. You know, is this Paisley Park? No, no, this is not that record company. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, you just you went on a journey, 
and you know i i often said that um a lot of his uh music was about self-worth people call it spirituality but i always call it i call it self-worth and i think that self-worth is something to be celebrated and i didn't pick up on the religious overtones all the time and it was as a person growing up like i got a lot of my confidence from from that and then you know i i i don't know if I mean, we're getting off on a tangent, but uh, in 1996, I moved across the United States by myself, sight unseen, and that was mm. chaos, and that was chaos and disorder. Yeah. And and then I moved into my old apartment for the first time in my life. That was emancipation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it was a time. Uh, you know, it was my time. And like I said, none of the Kirk Johnson, you know, Judith Hill stuff takes anything away from that. But those are great memories. And that's why I said this past year has been fun to just revisit the, 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 those times and hear about those things and like to listen to Maite's book and to hear the talk about um, emancipation and let's have a baby and how, you know, they were in this house and he played that song for her. Like, it's just, it's amazing, like to connect those dots and to, and to find all those things. And it's pretty amazing. It's funny in that James Walsh book they dismiss chaos, chaos and disorder, and I think that's a very underrated album. That is I, that is the guitar rock album that everyone had been waiting for. I love it mostly. Love Into the Light is great. The the, the, the same December is uh, is is great. You know what? I never thought about it, but that's probably the most sort of rock album he'd done since Purple Rain. Yep. Just guitar, distorted guitar, rock. Oh, it's a great album. There was probably a track here and there, but not most of an album. Well, he was, and they say it in that slave trade uh, documentary. Uh, you know, he he was literally just doing anything to get out of that contract, and it's just dismissed. It, it it's funny that the the albums that he did to get out of a deal were <laughs> were the Black Album, Chaos and Disorder, and, and the Vault, and the Vault, which is another great album. I mean, yep. five five women. Who's complaining about Chaos and Disorder was a guitar rock album. The Vault Old Friends for Sale was like the jazz album. And the Black Album was like, you know, the Black Album, the Long Lost. Yeah, the the Long Lost Funk album. So it was interesting that he cobbled together, instead of just giving them a bunch of random tracks, which if he really didn't care, that's what he could have done. That's what I'm saying. He could have said, here's 30 tracks, make your own three albums, I'm done. Right. And I'm not. He put together. A right. cohesive, this is all my jazz tracks, the best ones, and they would have been mixed and sequenced and everything. So even though it can be dismissed, there was, there was a fair bit of work put into those albums. Well, and, and don't forget... I suppose like, to maintain the Prince discography as you know something he can be proud of. He wouldn't put out just a total crap album. Well, and, and if you think about it, like you know, he came out with an album every year, except for 83. But again, you know, that, that's not a factor mm-hmm. in my life. And then in 93, he does the hits, the B-sides. And the thing about the B-sides was unless you were buying 45s, why would you have the B-sides? Yeah. What person who was 18 years old would have, if you're 18 years old then, you don't have B-sides. Who had horny toad? Right, nobody did. And so now that was, to me, that was a whole nother album. That's Power Fantastic. That's yeah. um, She's Always in My Hair for the First Time. 200 CD, Balloons. Yeah. I said, all that stuff was like uh, an I.O. And then Come, which again, it's not my great favorite, album. but it's, it's a great album. 
It's a, it's a, I don't know. The it, albums that where you were there when they were released, you know, they're always going to be better somehow than ones that you bought from before. Like you went and bought Come when it was released, but you also went and bought Purple Rain. But when you bought Purple Rain, it was years old. No, no, no. Uh, there's always going to be a I've different... told you my Purple Rain story. I've told you that story. Um, I was 10 years old, and we snuck in. There was a rumor at the lunch table. There was a rumor that there was a naked girl in Purple Rain. And <laughs> we convinced our parents to drive us to the movie theaters, and we, got, we went to see uh, Howard the Duck. <laughs> yeah, you have Howard told me that. Duck yeah. to sneak out and sneak into Purple Rain. And I was amazed by the music, so I used my own money and my allowance, and I bought the cassette, but I didn't have a cassette player. And the only cassette <laughs> player that we had in my house in 1984 was in my mom's car. Not my dad's car, but my mom's car. And I would yeah. run errands with her just so I could listen to the tape, and Darla Nikki came on. Yeah, great. And that tape That's was taken away. That's your mom's in the car. <laughs> oh, and I love the, the epilogue to that story, which is my parents took Purple Rain away, they forbid me from Prince, and I had to sneak to buy Around the World in a Day. And uh, they bought me the next day, came home. My dad came home from work with Thriller. Here's a nice, clean boy. Yeah. And yeah. his non-swearing, non-dirty yep. music. Exactly. Oh, exactly. That's... But see, what All a right. story that is, to be yep. forbidden yep. from going to buy that. Yep. That it is, made that me is want great. It. it made me want Exactly. It, it made you want it ten times more. Ten times more. And I remember it yeah. all came full circle because uh, Prince did the Jam of the Year tour. Well, then he was the artist, but he did the Jam of the Year tour, and he came to Denver, Colorado. And yep. it just so happened that my parents were visiting that weekend. And I did a, I did a commercial for the, the tour promoter because I was working for a sports station, but there was an FM counterpart, and the FM station was promoting the concert. So I did a commercial. Because uh, they knew I was a big fan. And so I made this all really awesome 30-second promo. Like, I put so much effort into it. And this was in the days of slice editing. This was reel-to-reel and yeah. you know, razor blades <laughs> and you know, tape. And, and uh, I, I, was, I was a master at that. And um, the reward was we had, like, third-row seats. And, um, <laughs> and then I got invited. That's how I got on the invite list for Studio 54 for the 1999 party. Oh, uh, yeah. That was, um, that was in Vegas. And it turns out that the guy who wound up becoming uh, my best man at my wedding was living in Vegas at the time. So when I got the note from whomever, I, I don't know who, and nowadays, I, I don't know who it was from, but I got this invite through the radio station, and um, all I had to do was get to Vegas because my friend lived there so I could stay with him. And uh, I was like, oh, dude, what, what are you doing for New Year's? He's like, I don't know. I said, you do now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I got ripped on the spreecast for saying this, but, you know, because of that experience going to Vegas and seeing him perform, I like 1999, The New Master. Not, yeah. because, not because it's the greatest song ever done. It's, it's the memory. But you were there. I yeah. was there. I was, I was... Y- your personal experience can not, not have an effect on how you think about something of course it's going to influence the feeling you have about any anything really we ended on a better note yay no it's just i i love i love telling those kinds of stories because that just proves to me the balance the balance Mm. that is um, fair and balanced 
I, I, I try to be as objective as possible when it comes to him, when it comes to all these things and what I see. And when I'm not going to ever talk about Prince and not talk about wonderful, great topics. Before when you said, when MC saw Damaris yes. a year ago. At Carnegie Hall. The funny thing about that whole thing was when they were here for those 2012 shows, and then we did a, a review of all the shows that we went to, Yes. and we put that we put that link out, as we do. Here's the new show. Prince sent that to, I think, everyone in the band to listen yes. to. Yes. And most of them on like Twitter and Facebook retweeted that. Yep. Saying, listen to this show. Yep. So that, again, that's a good thing. That's a good feeling that I've got, that it wasn't just him listening to the show by himself. He made, he said to the entire band, listen to this. That's, that's something. It's, it's amazing. It's a testament to the show that you did. And that, it's what I've always said. Is when I found out about it, I was already involved in the Spreecast. And I just, I loved the detail. I mean... The detail in which you guys were talking about these songs was it was so thorough and it was so well done, and um, I, I well, we knew... we can go a bit overboard sometimes. No, it's just it's fun. I think we did what like three hours on the gold experience. There have been times when I've literally pulled over and I immediately, uh, you know, messaged you guys and I'm like, "What are you talking about? You guys are out of your mind." There was one song. <laughs> I don't know. It wasn't Arms of Orion or something. It was, it was something that you guys didn't like, and I loved. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It was, you know, but it's just all in good fun. We're done. Yay! And download my podcast. Yeah, go and listen to you to all your shows. Yep. The, the com- What's the comic? The comic one. Uh, Hall of Justice. Hall Sports of Justice. With Sports, Sports with friends, and then there's a couple that I I work on that I don't own, including the New Jersey Devils. So I do a hockey. Right. I do a hockey podcast that that I don't own, so I don't promote. <laughs> Let them do it. Here's some theme music. One, two, three, four.